This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 52 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. <laughs> Today's not a beautiful day, man, for the Detroit Lions. Especially not the NFL officials. Let me put on my hat for a second here. As a Green Bay Packer fan, I'm happy that we're 5-1. But that fifth win came at a cost. And I have question marks about this. But before we get into all that, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate the support. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, tune in. Whichever your favorite uh, platform is, we appreciate that support. And for those of you who's been there since day one, you know what it is. We appreciate you coming here, spending your time with me, hearing my ranting and giving out the numbers to explain why I think the way I think. What is on the docket today? Well, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about these NFL officials and how right now they're currently just diminishing the NFL product. What can be done about this? course we're gonna touch upon these terrible dallas cowboys i told y'all last week they were pretenders and they showed again once again ironically against a bad team how bad they are the dallas cowboys are not gonna go to the super bowl so dallas cowboy fans just get that out of your mind the mlb playoffs yankees houston astros the washington nationals the surprising washington nationals yes they are on their way, they're 3-0 up against the Cardinals, on their way to the World Series, just like we all predicted, right? <laughs> Man, that's MLB playoffs for you, that's sports for you. So with no further ado, guys, let's just get right into these topics. What are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? We are we are literally a third way through the NFL schedule, and we can all admit there's been a pretty rough go for the NFL league officials, all right? Whether they choose to recognize it or not, we all know. We can we can see with our own eyes. We have replaced our disposal just like these referees do. We can see how terrible they have been. All right, so let me throw out some numbers here so you guys understand that the magnitude of what went on, especially in this Monday night football game between the Lions and the Packers? Um, as a Green Bay Packers fan, absolutely, I'm happy. I don't care how we got those Ws. And most of you fans don't even care either. I know some of you listeners, whatever team you follow, all you care about that your team has a winning record. And some part of you would not admit whether it came at the hands of the official or however it came with some help. All you care about is that W, right? But this is important for us to know. There's, there's been an uptick in penalties since last season's all-time record. If we exclude this this past Monday night game between the Packers and the Lions, there has been an average of nearly 15 penalties per game. That's an up average from 13.3 from last season. But the new system of using replay to correct pass interference is a disaster that literally we all predicted. Look, I have to admit that I was one of the few people that thought that implementing this pass interference would be this pass interference replay call will be a great thing. Because, of course, we all saw that egregious call in the NFC in the NFC Championship between the Rams and the Saints. Literally, the Rams were handed away to their Super Bowl. 
Do, did they have to play their four quarters? Yes, they did. But don't believe what people always tell you. Oh, play through the officiating. Don't let the don't let the referees decide the game for you. As a longtime basketball player, that's literally all our coaches used to tell us. Don't let the official decide for you. Don't put yourself in the position or let the score be close enough where the officials can officiate and decide the game. But hold on. Newsflash. I'm not God. I don't know the future. We prepare just like everyone else. We step on a field. and We don't know what the outcome is going to be. I can't predict that we're going to blow out a team. I can't predict that we're going to come back and have a tie game or we're down one with two free throws and, I don't know, somebody inbounds the ball, pulls me over my jersey, and I get fouled. I don't know this. I really don't. So this idea that I need to play well enough so the officials don't decide the game for me, to some extent, I just believe it's bogus. Right? I just think it's absolutely stupid. And for people now to make excuses for this Packers and Lions game, look, the fact is those two calls on Trey Flowers are awful. And again, if I put on my neutral hat now, not as a Packer fan, come on now, those two calls on Trey Flowers are awful. The first one happened with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Lions got to Aaron Rodgers on the blitz. Just for you to know, the Lions are the least blitzing team in the NFL. They only blitz you 9% of the time. So you have time in the pocket to throw. Aaron Rodgers had a multitude of time yesterday to throw the ball. But yet, on this particular play, the Lions got to him. They sacked him on a third and 10. They were going to punt the ball. The score was 22 to 13. At, at this juncture, you can say that the Lions got some momentum back. Or they were on their way to winning this game. But then again, on the flip side... We don't know this. Do we really know what was really going to happen in the next 10 minutes? Maybe the Lions could have fumbled the next play. We don't know this. But I can understand now in hindsight, after the game is over, when we go back and look at the entire game and look at all the blueprints, we could have said, oh, yeah, this is where the game could have ended. We don't know that. Let's be fair here. Yes, the officials made bad calls. They called the play then. But the Lions were, the Packers were only down a touchdown and a field goal with 10 minutes left. And their defense was playing pretty well at that point. They slowed down the Lions' offense. They they weren't generating a lot of first downs. So maybe the Packers would have got the ball back. But again, it's a bunch of what-ifs. We don't know. But the biggest crime, though, the biggest crime with this entire game, the Packers are running down the clock with about two, three minutes left. There's a third and seven on the Packers, I believe, 15-yard line. They're already in field goal range. They only need a field goal to score. They have three timeouts left. The Lions do have three timeouts left. And a two-minute warning. Third and seven. Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. He steps up in the pocket. He feels the rush. He steps back. He throws the ball. He does get the first down. But then we hear, and we see rather, this yellow marker on my TV. And we see, oh, flag on the play. Automatically, I turn around and I said, this is a, Hands to the face, automatic first down for the Green Bay Packers. Lo and behold, that's literally what the referees called. When I go back and look at the replay, <laughs> and if any of you watched the game last night, you turned around and saw the replay and you say to yourself, are you kidding me? Are you serious right now? This is what this is, what is literally going to cost the Detroit Lions the game? And this blows my mind. This literally blows my mind. Because... There's few times in any professional sports that I say the referee handed you a win. 
as a Packer fan, again, I am fine that we're five and one. But at the same time, I put an asterisk to that fifth window because it didn't feel like we made a comeback. It just felt like we got help. But, but I need to make very clear: people out here who are crying that the referees cheated for the Packers, you can't be more wrong. Okay, you really cannot be more wrong. Referees don't go into situations thinking, you know what, I'm going to make this call for this other team because they happen to be at home and they need this W and they're behind. People don't do that. Referees don't do that. They're just human. They make mistakes just like everybody else. Just like me, just like you. They miss calls. They have a very tough job and they're going to make calls that's going to cost them and cost teams games, unfortunately. Do I agree with it? Of course not. If I did, I won't be talking about this right now. Today. And this episode, what we have an issue with and what I have a big issue with is the technology we have to our disposal and they still get it wrong. We all knew when that pass interference happened in the NFC championship, we all knew that it was going to open a new can of worms. I couldn't necessarily find the amount of times that coaches challenged the pass interference call. But all I know is there was only literally seven of them that was overturned this entire season. That percentage is pretty low. Really, really low. Because I, I know for a fact there were more than 25 pass interference flags thrown for coaches this year. And only seven of them was overturned. So what are we really doing? What does the rule say? It has to be clear and obvious. Um, what was clear and obvious about Jair Alexander? On the third and uh, third and seven, in the third quarter, when Matthew Stafford threw a bomb for 35 yards down the field, and the defender literally and Jai put his hand right on the chest of the receiver. I thought the rule said you couldn't touch the receiver after five yards. They missed that call. But then again, I can go back in history. The Green Bay Packers should actually be five and one. Know why? Because Aaron Rodgers, on second and one, with about four seconds left. In the fourth quarter, the Packers need a touchdown to win the game against the Eagles. I don't remember who the defender was. He literally hugged. He literally hugged. Marvis Cantwell. Marvis. I can't even pronounce his name. <laughs> I don't even want to try. MVS. He hugged him at the goal line. The ball popped off his chest. And Rodgers threw a dart in his chest. All he had to do was catch it. He literally couldn't hold on to the ball because the... the, the uh, the defender was hugging him. Literally hugging him. And the referee standing right there. And they didn't call it. So what's the point in having instant replay if we can't go back and challenge these plays? So the point is, again, these NBA officials, these excuse me, these NFL officials, they need a flag thrown to them. We're being reminded every given Sunday, and most recently, every given Monday, that someone needs to literally, 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 just throw a flag at these officials because they're literally just ruining the game. I mean, it's clearly obvious. No one seems to know what pass interference is anymore. And to sum it all up, I mean, we can we can safely say that the Lions got robbed on national television. And yet the referees, like they usually do, have an excuse and an explanation as to why it happened. Bro, we can all see replay just like you do. You just happen to wear a zebra outfit. We can see exactly what you've seen on TV. We can see exactly what you see on those Microsoft Surface Pros. 
So we don't need an explanation. We're not idiots. We're not stupid. We understand exactly what happened. But not to contradict my point from earlier, we don't know what could have happened in those last 10 minutes. But that one play, that one play cost the Lions the game. And I don't understand what the NFL is going to do. And I don't know what they're doing today about it. But one thing is for sure. If we don't fix this now, when I mean we, as in the fans, we need to do something as well. We need to we need to do something. Send letters, outcry, go on Twitter, use a platform. I mean, hashtag and tag all these all these officials, the NFL Twitter account, the NFL referee account, whoever you're following on social media. Go on there and express your feelings, man. Are you going to pay? Would you pay for product that is garbage? Would you pay for something that is trash? It seems as if these officials seem like they're losing control on the field and therefore they want to institute themselves in the game. Nobody comes to watch the referees. We don't come to watch you. Why are you taking over the game? Seven pass interference calls that you didn't overturn that was clearly obvious because you feel the need or you think based on what you saw that was not clear. Bro, we see these pass interference happen in real time. How do you miss it on a slow replay? I don't understand this. NFL. NFL, you're going to start losing people for real now if this trend continues. Do something about it. That don't make any sense. I'm a little confused here, bud. So this week we go from one problem to the other. We go from NFL officials to now NBA GMs and NBA teams having a rift or creating rift rather with third party countries. Like I always used to say, my famous statement, if you've been living on the rock and you don't know what's going on, right before the NBA regular season, one of the most anticipated NBA regular seasons of all time, we're all waiting between the Clippers and the Rockets, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the Los Angeles Clippers, Kawhi Leonard. We're all excited about this. But of course, the offseason has been taken over by one person. One thing I've been taught in my life. My parents have taught me this. My grandparents have taught me this. Uh, people that are mentors taught me this. Speak your mind. You have freedom of speech. You can say whatever you think. But there's a time and place to say whatever you think. There's a time and place to say certain things that you're thinking. And that's what happened in this case. Daryl Morey, who's part of the Houston Rockets, he felt the need to hit that send button on Twitter. And he didn't think about the ramifications. But hold on a minute. Isn't that what we do a lot of times? We think, we say, but then we don't think about the ramifications. The NBA is in a riff right now with China, right before the regular season, because Darren Morey tweeted something that, in my opinion, he should have never tweeted. And there's someone who also chimed in on this entire situation. I'll let you listen to what LeBron James had to say about the situation, I'm, and I'm going to react to what LeBron James said, and I'm going to also give you some of these big numbers for you to understand why this is such a big deal. Here's LeBron James. We, we all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech. But at times, there are ramifications for the negative that can happen. Um, 
when you're not thinking about others. You know, you're only thinking about yourself. So um, I don't believe, uh, I don't want to get into a, a, word, a, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, uh, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand. And, um, and he spoke. And uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we, what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that too. I mean, you hear this, I, I don't, you don't necessarily hear nothing wrong with the comment, right? I mean, LeBron was just saying what most of us are thinking. I mean, you have freedom of speech. You you can uh, express yourself the way you feel, um, and you should be careful when you say certain things because you have to take in consideration the people you affect. You know the bottom line, and other people's livelihood, which are words that matters. But what's the outcry with LeBron James? What's, what is really wrong with his comment? LeBron James is literally undermining the one thing he's been standing for his entire career. What should you care about more? Justice or your bottom line? And that's the outcry for LeBron James. And why I have an issue with his entire comment, really? Parts, some of it, he's absolutely correct. But the issue here is uh, you happen to be the face of the NBA. But at the same time, in other multiple scenarios, you have been representing the people, mostly the black community. You want to profess to give give out a lending hand to people you want to help people out you want to make sure that people are finding justice in places they are not that they are not found in for decades if you talk specifically about the black community they have been discriminated against in multitudes of levels and lebron james matter of fact he started a shop to talk about this his show on hbo by the way if you haven't watched it i recommend you do he talks about social justice he talks about you know making progress but yet, again, my point is, yet, he does the same thing I said initially in the beginning of this segment. You made a comment. You're commenting about somebody else's comment, but you didn't necessarily think about what your comment and how your comment just literally affected a lot of other people. You're LeBron James. You're not Steve Duff is of the Statman Sports Podcast. You reach millions and millions and millions of people, LeBron. And your comments were a little off-based. And I'm going to explain to you why. You want to know, but at first, but first, but first though, you, you need to know why the backlash the NBA and the Rockets are facing. All right. The tweet Darren Morey sent out that we talked about, he, he was just literally supporting the people. He was literally supporting the people here um, in Hong Kong. And I'm going to read to you what the tweet said because it's now deleted. And we have, of course, but we have a screenshot of it. This is what the tweet reads. Fight for freedom. Stand with Hong Kong. That's literally what he said. But the problem with that is China set out some legislation to pretty much not extradite people. So the Rockets and NBA felt that immediately. The Chinese consulate in Houston released a statement expressing its strong dissatisfaction with that Daryl Morey tweet, stating that anybody with conscience would support the effort made by the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region to safeguard Hong Kong's social stability. Also, sponsors began to cut ties with the Rockets and as the NBA as a whole. Here's the numbers I'm talking about. The Rockets could potentially lose $25 million in sponsorship boycotts due to Maury's tweet. This was reported by Mike's, Mark Stein of the New York Times. 
members of the United States Congress penned an open letter to Adam Silver on October 9th, calling for the League to suspend all relationships with China until government-controlled broadcasters and government-controlled commercial sponsors end their boycott of the NBA activities and the selective treatment of the Houston Rockets. An NBA care event with Nets players in Shanghai was also canceled on Tuesday by the Chinese Board of Education. That was last Tuesday. Sportswear brand Antar, who works with players like Clay Thompson and Gordon Hayward, announced it would suspend contract renewal talks with the NBA. This is according to Reuters. Per Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, several NBA teams are planning for a scenario in which the cap for the 2021 season could drop between 10 to 15% due to the current situation between the NBA and China. The Lakers and Nets exhibition game in Shanghai that took place last week Thursday. However, it played without sponsors and media sessions for both teams were canceled. This is a report by Rachel Nichols. I can keep going down this list, but we'll never finish. This, that is literally what one tweet did that caused this rift between the NBA and China. So how did the NBA respond? Two days after Darren Mori tweeted this, the NBA responded with this long-winded statement, but I'll only read to you the first paragraph. It says, We recognize that the views expressed by Houston Rockets General Darryl Morey have deeply offended many of our friends and fans in China, which is regrettable. While Darryl has made it clear that his tweet does not represent the Rockets or the NBA, the values of the league support individuals educating themselves and sharing the views on the matters important to them. We have great respect for the history and the culture of China and hope that sports and the NBA can be used as a unifying force to bridge cultural divides and bring people together. Full stop. I have a problem with that statement as well. What does the NBA really care about? Does it care about the bottom line? Or does it care about its players? Or does it care about its relationship with people? Okay, some of you listening to this might come at me and say this. Well, you're sitting behind a mic. You can give your comment. You're not involved with the NBA. It doesn't affect you. But reality, it does. Reality, it does. And it affects you as well. I'm a vivid, avid, avid NBA fan. I've played basketball. That's my favorite sport. I've played basketball at every level except the NBA. I love the sport. I watch the sport. I pay money to do, to watch the sport. I go to arenas on a regular to watch NBA games. And that affects me as well. It affects me mentally. I'm an intellectual person. I don't know how many of you are like this. But I'm an intellectual person. I like to think about things. So the NBA making a statement like this, it makes me wonder what they really care about. Am I giving away my money to them just for them to worry about how much money they make? But some of you might say, well, you might be naive. Doesn't all multi-billionaire, multi-billion companies do this? But that's not the point, though. You can't claim to have a certain mission statement. You can't claim to have a certain vision, but you don't care about the fans. This is one of the problems the NFL has as well. They claim to care about people. They claim to care about players. They claim to care about the fans. But when it comes down to the bottom line, that's all they necessarily care about. That's when the true colors show. And that's why I have a, st- a problem with LeBron's statement. I don't know if he did it consciously or unconsciously, but knowing LeBron James' career, he does things calculated, 
And he could have said something from the beginning, but LeBron waited to now to make a comment. So I believe this was calculated. He said Daryl Morey was misinformed, which you can say it's a 90% accurate statement. But LeBron, you also made a statement without thinking about the ramifications of your words. If Daryl Morey was misinformed and you're commenting on a misinformed statement, then LeBron, you should also watch what you just said, buddy. You you claim to care about the people, which you do. I'm not saying you don't. You claim to care about player justice. You claim to care about the community justice. You want equality. But at the same time, your comments seem as if ultimately you care about the bottom line as well. Because most likely... You have some stock investors someplace over here in China too. Well, over there, right? I'm not in China, sorry. But over there in China as well. It, 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 doesn't, it didn't come off as genuine, LeBron. And that's my issue with the statement. And that's all I have to say in regards to LeBron James. But in the end, in the end, my bigger issue with this whole NBA debacle with China is that once again we see that whether we they say it directly or indirectly, the NBA is more worried about its bottom line than actually standing up for justice and standing up for equality and what matters. Not necessarily don't care if anybody disagrees with me, because that's the whole point. I can say what I want on my podcast, and this is what I think. I still watch the NFL. I still watch the NBA regardless. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I mean, I have these strong statements, but I still watch the games because I'm a sports fan. I love the game. I can separate watching the game and having my own outside statements about what's happening off the field. I do have a big problem with what's going on. And the NBA need to rethink the way they handle these situations. And Daryl Morey, for sure. Can you imagine if Daryl Morey was an African American man and he made this statement, how would the NBA would have how would the NBA react to that? Has it, has anybody thought about this? People always talk about don't insert politics and don't insert your personal feelings into sports. But when these things happen, we gotta talk about them. They're backing Darren Mori. They said that the NBA saying no, Darren Mori, he can express he have his free will to express the way he feels. He's part of the NBA and we give the NBA players and their ownership ways to express themselves freely. Something that the NFL doesn't necessarily do. But you see the correlation that's going on here? The NFL does it one way, the NBA does it one way. But at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. And I don't know how I feel about this. We're going to see how this is going to play out. But at the end of the day, I'm a little disappointed because, again, the bottom line and only the bottom line is the only thing that matters, it seems. Here's by the numbers. This is your stance of the day. Ah, welcome to this edition. 
this week's edition rather of stat of the day <laughs> for months man i've been talking about changing this name man we need to make it stat of the week rather than stat of the day because we only do the podcast once a week but uh there's a combination this week a, a certain stat and the number is number three because the question is is the nfc better than the afc Here's a particular number to make you think about this. Combined record of 2019 NFC teams is 49-40-2. and two. It's the highest winning percentage through six weeks since the 2002 season. 11 of the 16 teams are 500 or above. Combined record of the 2019 AFC teams is 41-50. and 50, And it's the second lowest win percentage through six weeks since 2002. Seven of the six teams are 500 or above. <laughs> and thanks mostly to the Miami Dolphins but that number is astronomically interesting to me because we always used to think that the AFC is always better than the NFC but this year we see that flip side and that's quite interesting to me if we move on to stat number two stat number two Matthew Stafford had 168 passing yards in the first quarter of Monday Night Football that's the most yards Stafford has ever had in the opening quarter. Passing is 152 in week one in 2014 over the win over the Giants. That also happens to be on Monday Night Football. Now, with Mason Crosby nailing the 23-yard winning field goal, the Packers have scored 10 points in the fourth quarter in Monday Night Football. Entering the game last night, the Packers had a total of nine points in the fourth quarter all season. And the most interesting stat, the most interesting stat, this week comes from none other than the main man who led the winning drive with obviously help from the referees we must admit it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers threw his first Monday Night Football interception since week three of 2010 versus the Chicago Bears nine years ago. Between those two interceptions these numbers are ridiculous. Between those two interceptions Aaron Rodgers threw 277 passes for 2,224 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 112.6 passer rating. All of this, that's all of this between 2010 and 2019 on Monday Night Football. That's how ridiculously good Aaron Rodgers is with taking care of the football. And mind you, two of those interceptions wasn't even his fault. He threw them at a receiver and he's just going to catch it. And that, my friends is the stat of the day baby ah we've come to the end of another episode episode number 52 of the statman sports podcast guys if you're still here listening i want to thank you once again for showing the support and listening to my ideas and thoughts about what's going on in this current sports world the sports professional world man it's been an amazing week you know some interesting scenarios information um, some issues that have been uh happening and we need to obviously talk about those things so i appreciate you guys you know coming here and listening to my viewpoint when i know there's millions of other viewpoints out there but you took the time to listen to mine but before i get before i let you guys go you know what the deal is if if by now you haven't hit the subscribe button you can do that on itunes spotify google play matter of fact it's not even called itunes anymore it's called apple podcast so i need to get used to saying that and you guys need to get used to googling that too so Apple, Pod, Apple Podcast, you can find it, Statman Sports Podcast. If you're, if you're at work and you prefer just reading the transcript for the podcast, you can find that on statmanpodcast.com on the website. You can find all the statistics that we talk about, all the scenarios in detail if you like reading. And uh, for the rest of you, if you like listening to old episodes, if you want to listen to ESPN Anchors, you want to listen to Ringer, Ringer Writers, you want to listen to Complex, uh, 
people that work at Complex, you can go back and look in the archives also on the website, Podcast. And if you care about merchandise, you know what the deal is, man. Store.statmanpodcast.com. You can buy yourself some merchandise. We have stickers, cups, mugs, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Just go out there, show your support. I would greatly appreciate it. And finally, guys, if you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated because I'm always open to I'm always open to constructive criticism. That's it, man. I appreciate you coming once again to episode number 52. But for right now, Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.